Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. And welcome, internets, to another episode of Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans or something to that extent. It's your boy, DJ Ben, I mean, a.k.a. the Butcher of Names, also known as the William Shatner of hip hop, John, Tra- John Travolta, John Travolta of hip hop, the John Travolta of yeah, hip hop. Yeah, remember that Idina Menzel thing where he messed it up? You got that on lock right now. I damn sure do, but yeah. I'm also the butcher of names, yes. so I'm gonna stick with the William Shatner of hip hop right. and the John Travolta of fan bros. There, there you, you go. go. There you go. All right, All nice. Right. How you doing? My co-host in the building tonight is the one and only Space Ghost producer Kim Sonian, firing on both. Uh, pistons, as you call it? Cylinders. Cylinders. I think you're supposed to be See, firing drive? on all cylinders. Yeah, yes. I don't drive. You so are I, definitely I, a New Yorker. <laughs> and I do not drive, party people. But yeah, um, what's going on? How come, uh, wh- where's Tatiana? Ah, that is a good question. This is the premier podcast of geek culture presented by people of color. Blau. Blau. And there is no Tatiana King jones the Grand Duchess of Tech is not in the building tonight. Uh-oh. She is still at S- S- Butcher. <laughs> it's called South by, by Southwest. Southwest. Yes. And now you can just say South by. South people just by. Say the, they know in, it. The yeah. in people just say South, South by. by. I'm down at South by in Austin. She's actually in uh, South by Southwest in Austin speaking on a panel about? Black Twitter. Black Twitter. Yes. Does everybody know what black Twitter is out there? Hopefully. In the fan bros world? In the fan bros world. I don't know. I feel quite alienated from black Twitter. I'm more of like the weird geek Twitter. That's where I usually fall in. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, where's geek Twitter? Yeah, Or I is don't Twitter know. just basically a geek discussion group anyway? No. Right. No, that's definitely not true. We need to start the fan bros Twitter. Fan, fam Twitter? Fan Twitter? Fan Bro Twitter? Bro Twitter. Bro Twitter. Nah, nah, that's not, that's not, that's not, that's happening. not gonna work. <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> Word. That's well not yeah, happening. we don't have Tatiana King Jones in the house tonight. We also don't have Don Will. Where's Don, where in the world is Don Will? The Scotty of Fan Bros is not in the building tonight. He is actually on tour with Tanya Morgan. Word. His alter ego. He's actually a rapper when he doesn't do podcasts. And a comedian, stand up comedian. I mean, he got a lot of jobs. He does. Is Don Will Jamaican? He's the he's not Jamaican, but he does consider himself the Jamaican of the independent <laughs> hip hop world. He did tell me that at one point. He did he's got the coolie hair, so he could pass for it. Yo, easy on that. <laughs> easy. <laughs> I, I don't use that word, yo. I don't use that word. No? That's a colonialist word. Uh, is it? Yeah, look it up. Man. Oh, I never knew look that. Look it up, yeah. I've been called that a lot of my life, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. I mean, on one level, it's like the N-word. Ah, yeah, I've been yeah, called man. out a few times, too. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard you call people that as well. I don't know what you're talking about, Kim <laughs> All right, well, this is Fan Bros, and we do have a very special guest in the house tonight. Yes, sir. Sitting in with us is the legendary Chai Modu. Ho, 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 ho. Uh, yo. Did I butcher it? <laughs> yes. Jesus. Thank you. Ah! Thank you, podcast guy. And <laughs> I mean, once again, reveals his highest skill. But, he, but he, knew, he knew you were going to butcher and it. And you know what the messed up thing is? I just asked you what it was before we started. Internet. He literally asked him, how do you pronounce That's your name? Right, right before, before we, we, started. we started. But think about it. Chi, right? Chi. Find your chi. Find your chi. Right? Yeah. But see, I was always the kid who probably called it chai when I was a little kid. <laughs> True. Uh, you know, because I've been reading like, uh, you know, Dungeons and Dragons and whatnot. And when that was in there, I'd always probably call it Chi or Chai or Key. I'd mess it up every way I could. So 
Once again, how are you doing, sir? I can't complain. All right. It is good to have you in the building. Internet, for those who don't know, Mr. Modu is, I mean, just a legend in hip-hop and photography. My man has his own think tank. <laughs> you know, he's got a lot going on. Well, internet company. He's got his own internet company. Internet company. It's a forward-thinking man of color. Renaissance man of color. A go. fan bro. Indeed. That is the question. That is our first question. Or would you consider yourself a fan bro? Probably an original fan bro. Wow. You know? OG fan bro. OG fan bro. OG fan bro. Probably one of the first, you know? But I actually was a fan bro before fan bro was defined. Mm. Mm. Right? So I've been at it for a while. Well, we only defined fan bro within like the last year. There, so. you, go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. A there lot of go. people have been fan bro since before yeah. it was defined. What would you say was your first moment that let you know that you were a fan bro? I mean, I've always been a big fan of technology, but going back to a kid, I was a big fan of comic books. Right? All righty there. Right? Comic books, was that's my world a lot of times. So even as a little child, my mom would give me a little cash on the weekends and I could pick up my little comic books at English Town. So I was a collector. But like most comic book collectors, I'm sure all of us have experienced this, we've all lost our collection because between moves over the years, they get dumped, they get left somewhere. So it's crushing, right? <laughs> and I was a big-time collector of comic books, and I don't have one left for my whole collection. Wow. Yeah, I just lost a couple lawn boxes like three years ago. Uh, I, had, I had the whole run of The Walking Dead. It, uh, you do not want to know how much it hurts. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, because they are shooting up in price every day. Right. But, I mean, I wasn't. I collected comic books because I was more a fan of them. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't really for the money side. I mean, I had the the versions that were mint condition and all that like everybody else has, right? We protect them, put them in plastic bags and everything, but I just like reading them, you know? So from Mad Magazine to Shogun Warriors to Marvel to all that stuff, I collected them. Wow, Shogun Warriors. So I, had the whole, <laughs> I, I had the whole Shogun collection, man. You know, I had a like, couple of the toys. I think I had a few of the books, but I wasn't that big on Shogun Warriors. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I loved them. I loved them. So, I, I mean, and I think comic books kind of set the stage for where we are today, right? Yep. Like for a lot of us. Like that's how that was our foray into this whole like tech geek world, right? Yeah, definitely. Elaborate on that. What are you, are you saying like we we're seeing we were reading the future and now we are the future or um, um definitely. I mean, it you know how comic books are written. I mean, even in the language the way they're written, like you pick up accents, you pick up a lot of things about different places in comic books, right? So, I find a lot of comic book fans are pretty smart people. Mm. Like heavy comic book readers tend to be smart people. Because you learn a lot from reading comic books, right? So that's sort of my foundation for a lot of these things. And it also made you think that a lot of things were possible, right? That's, yes. that's, a, that's a major point. I think that's a, especially for, you know, people who might not have seen or had that opportunity in their life. You know, I think comic books did provide like a, what is it, a imagina an imagination. Yep. You know, a gateway to your imagination. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, definitely. Like comic books like can often be said like, they're like movies with an unlimited budget. And then when I was a kid, it was just, you would see the, like you say, the concepts and things you see in comic books, you really don't see in any other medium like that. Or not where a kid can understand them. Yep. And then, so, you know, it's like something that pretty much starts you on that track or that path of mm -hmm. getting your mind expanded. And let's flash forward, right? So when I'm a photographer and I'm taking pictures of the Wu-Tang Clan, mm -hmm. right? And, and and method man, not to not to cut yeah, see, your, not no, to no, switch no, your interview, no, no, right? No, no, but no, not, not that. But I just I don't I don't think we really even properly introduced you. Okay, like that. Right. so can we can we take a quick break right here? 
And yeah. we'll come back. Are we jumping into it a little too early? Yeah, sure, you know, sure. Go yeah, ahead. You know, we got your fan bro credentials out the way. So let's take a quick break right here, and then we'll come back and, you know, really let everyone know who you are. Sure, sure, sure. All right, we'll be right back with more fan bros. Oh, hey, this is your friendly neighborhood superhero, Jean Grey. And um, I'm I'm currently on a date with Deadpool, but I just left him downstairs to come up here and just uh, say, you know, guys, just, just listen to the show. It's fan bros. Why would you not? Do- Hold on. I'm coming, honey. Okay. All right, that's Deadpool. Okay, bye, guys. And welcome back, fan bros. You are right here on this very special episode. Before we went to break, our guest had a little story. But, you know, I don't know. Kimson, can you set him up? And can you let the people know who this man is when it comes to hip-hop and photography before we go all into so, it? So, Chimodu is one of the architects of the, I, I would say, the kind of uh, modern hip-hop uh look or or just the whole visual of what hip-hop looks like without chi and a few other photographers who really kind of brainstorm this look um you know we wouldn't have what we have today when it comes to hip-hop and uh but the one thing that makes chi stand out and you know maybe you could talk to this point <clears throat> excuse me is that you were able to really humanize these guys so, like, you know, Chi has taken photos of all your favorite rappers from the past 20 years. But Tupac, Biggie, Mob Deep, Snoop Dogg, Wu-Tang 30 Clan. source covers or something like that. <sighs> something insane. Album covers up the wazoo. Yet, there is something about your photos that you can really see the humanity in these icons. And I think that if you just shoot an icon without having that aspect of humanity, people really can't relate to them. So how did you bring that out of your subject? Well, at at some level, you have to like them, and then you got to respect them, right? So that was always my thing when I take pictures. I, I got to like my subject and respect what they do. So a lot of times when people didn't really feel like taking photos, I knew they were tired. I knew they had enough, and I understood it. So I didn't take offense to it. I'd say, let's reschedule. Let's do it another day, right? So I think it's important to connect to people. Once you connect to them, then they actually know that you see them as human. And once they get that from you, then they'll give you more, right? So it, it definitely has been probably one of my greatest skills is being able to connect with them as people. And then from there, I can get a little closer to them. They give me photographs they wouldn't give other people, right? So that's, I mean, it, it's, uh, it's funny to sort of explain that, but it's a whole nother to see it. Right. So you almost got to experience in real time. If you're with me on the set, you'll see like I connect with them. And what I try to do is get the camera out of in front of me. So they're actually talking to me, but there's a camera between, but you don't see the camera anymore. So I'm able to actually capture them in those moments in real time. And you get to really see a little bit more about them. And my mission was always to show you that person, show you a little bit more about that person. What that meant was less styling, less makeup, less hair, less gear just the actual individual. Talk about that. Uh, I heard there was a, you were the one to tell Tupac to take off his shirt. How does that, what was that story? Yeah, Pac used to come a lot of times, he'd have, you know, plaid shirts and shirts that were kind of corny in the end, you know, right? <laughs> Pac it's wasn't a, the best dresser. Wasn't the best dresser at all, you know? The, the oversized vest. That was him, <laughs> yeah. you know? But it was it was funny because the, the beauty of Pac is that he would cooperate, right? So he'd have a tank top. I was like, well, let's just dump the shirt. Let's just roll with the tank top or no shirt. 
And the good thing about that is that those pictures ended up being timeless, right? Because they, they're not date There's stamped. no fashion. Exactly. Yep. He's not in the cross-color patch. <laughs> you know That's not the <laughs> hottest fashion right now. <laughs> exactly. Well, let's say it didn't survive the test of time. That's right. Right? Yeah. But, but a person whose skin or just a straight white tank top survives the test of time. So a lot of my pictures of Pac, although 20 years old, if he was alive today, it would look like I took it today. Mm. So, so it's nice to get pictures that are timeless. And sometimes all that styling actually dates things. You know, so it's nice to have classic pictures of someone that's no longer here. All right. Well, um, speaking before, you were talking about the relationship between comic books and where you came into photography and hip hop and like with the Wu-Tang and everything. Well, I mean, I was just giving an example of, of how comic books impacted rappers. Right. So perfect example. I'm shooting Takao. Method Man's first album. Yep. I, I shot the cover of it. Picture of him smoking and all mm-hmm. that. Right, I shot that. It must have been 1994. But while we're going to do the photo shoot, we were at a studio. And it's actually one of the one of the biggest pain in the ass photo shoots I did. It wasn't because of Method Man. Him and I got along. It was a record R- label, label art director I, people. I was, I was reading about <laughs> like, that online. It yeah. was chaos, man. Yeah. Like, this woman wanted to destroy my day. And me and Mets got along, you know? So, yeah. so, and a lot of times the record level people don't like it when you get along with the artist. Mm-hmm. But every album cover I've ever done, it's because the artist asked me to do it. It wasn't because the record label hired me. They always want to hire their own people. Mm-hmm. But like from Snoop to Meth and to Mob Deep, they all came to me and said, we want you to shoot our album. So I kind of had a bit of a, I guess I came with a higher status, you know? And record label people don't appreciate that. They want to be the one in charge, right? So for, for Method Man, we're, we're at this studio. I had a studio on 18th Street near Union Square. And we did, we were doing a photo shoot there. And this art director, I don't know what her problem was, but she wasn't really, I think we didn't have the right catering, right? So imagine that, right? The art director is mad about <laughs> catering. Method Man's fine. So she wants to make a big deal out of it, Haters right? Haters gonna hate. Oh my God. So, <laughs> so Steve Carr, who was the head of the, um, what drawing, board. drawing board right, at say, that time right, with right, Say, right? right? And Steve Carr, I don't know if you know, Steve Carr is like a big Hollywood director now. Right. He's doing all the Dr. Doolittle movies, all that, making $100 million a flick. Nice. Right? But but Say isn't, but Steve is. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, Shout out my man, Say. Right? Adam. Shout out to Say. You know, I Shout wish Say was say. doing it, you know? Yes, of course. But, but so Steve showed up at the shoot. He's like, oh, what's the problem? What's the problem? And I said, Say, it's all good, man. I don't know what her issue is, but it's fine. And Say's like, all right, no problem. You mean you know? Steve. I mean, Steve, Steve, Steve showed up and he said, what's wrong? And so I was like, all right, no problem. I got it, right? So Method Man wanted to, um, we were going to go to to Staten Island, to Shaolin, because of course, for me, I prefer to go to your neighborhood. Yep. Even though we're in the studio in Manhattan, I want to roll with you to your neighborhood. I'll be with you in your girlfriend's house when she's braiding your hair with my camera out. Mm-hmm. So that was me. You know? so, so on the way to Staten Island, you know, there's a, what's a, the planet? What's that comic book shop? On Broadway. Forbidden Planet. Forbidden, Forbidden Planet. Planet. So Mets like, yo, let's go in here. Wow. So we stopped. During the Takal album shoot, we stopped the <laughs> Forbidden Planet. Everything stopped. The whole entourage stopped. He went in there. I came in behind him, camera in hand. Tell me you got some shots in there. Yeah, and he wanted to buy some comic books. <laughs> nice. You know what I mean? Because he's a comic book cat. <laughs> you know I mean, right? So, so, so you talk about like the comic book's impact on hip-hop, deep, deep, deep in it, right? right. And he bought a whole stack got it in the car, and we drove the rest of the way to Staten Island, and I shot some pictures of him out there. Wow. Wow. Nobody knows that, right? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Next right? Next time I look at the Takao album, I'm going to think about that. Oh, yeah, yeah, man, for sure. I mean, we know, you know, Takao, Method Man, Johnny Blaze, you know, the Ghost Rider, right. and everything, so that's, yeah, dope. 
crazy. Um, as one of the first people, you recognize the power and potential and obviously like the price and the profit in shooting hip hop photography and you own your own masters. Like you forgo, you know, you said no to a lot of other stuff. So you have, I mean, not masters, that's more record label, but rights, copyrights, copyrights to all your photos. What led to that? Well, I mean, just historically, right? A lot of our art forms that we create get owned by others. So I felt a pretty big responsibility to actually own the rights to this history, not just our history, but American history. So I was willing to sacrifice a lot to own it, right? Because I thought in my hands it will be protected. And in my hands I can figure out how to distribute it properly and get it out where it needs to go and hold it from where it doesn't need to go, right? So it was just it was a bit of a strategic decision I made along the way, which ended up being profitable. You know, like when I first did it, I didn't really know, I didn't know the value of it. I knew hip hop mattered, you know? And so I was like, well, let me just try to own as much as I can. And I was taking very little money. I wasn't paid that much to do it when I did it, okay. which is a tough thing for people to do, you know, early in their career, you know? Right. So, and my theory is always like, well, I'm kind of used to being broke. So it's not that big of a deal to be broke any longer, you know? And it actually ended up paying off. Yeah, totally. I was going to say, especially now with the proliferation of just, like sites just snatch, you know, you do a Google search for images and somebody might actually just snatch one of your, your photos and use them. It's almost like you, because maybe you held on to it, your stuff isn't as diluted. It's not as diluted, but I think that, you know, there's something kind of okay about regular people, fans accessing my pictures. Oh, wow. You know what I mean by that? It's like, all right, if a major corp wants to grab my stuff and exploit it, no, I'm coming after you lawyers in hand right but if a fan wants to put a picture of mine on their website like i don't own tupac it's that fan also owns tupac right so i don't mind that in the end but if you're exploiting it making a lot of money okay cut me in but if you're just a hardcore fan that wants to actually share and show the love go right ahead you know so that was always my feeling around it you know i protect my copyrights i protect my images but depends on who's coming to snatch it right and were you playing hardball with the uh, in your career early on? I mean, you talked a little bit about that that shoot with the art directors. I mean, uh, what, maybe what is the biggest lesson that you learned early on in your career that helped you survive those times? Um, own as much as you can. Like, own as much as you can. Because in the end, that's how you're able to feed not only your kids, but your community and other people later, right? So the trick is don't release your rights. A lot of people come at you and try to get things at 10 cents on the dollar. And sometimes when you're desperate and hungry, you want to move them at those numbers because you want to eat, right? But try to find a way to eat from somewhere else Mm. because they're never really going to tell you the value of what you have because they actually want to get it for cheap. So if you can hold on and survive some other way, which I often did. I didn't always make money shooting pictures, right? I figured out other ways to license and do other things around it, and sometimes something outside of photography just so I wouldn't have to release it, right? And now, 20-something years later, people are coming around like, oh, wow, Chi, your pictures are... I'm like, yeah, but goodness gracious, I could have died by now (laughs) if I was sitting here waiting for y'all, you know? So so there's something to be said about being able to hold, Mm. right? Mm. Okay, um, speaking on that, though, and on, like, photos and everything how do you feel about like the technology now with like instagram and there being a million different ways you, people can post their photos a lot of them they don't own them when they post them i mean i i'll be real frank with you i love where photography is going 
Okay. I love it. You know, I mean, everybody's a photographer. Yep. Right. So, so what that does for me, it actually ups the value of being a good photographer mm. in the end. You know, so, so I, a lot of, and you find a lot of photographers, they're very resistant. Like even digital cameras turned off a lot of photographers who are used to shooting film. Yep. Because they're like, oh, now everybody can shoot pictures. I'm like, no problem. Everybody can come in the space. The cream will rise to the top, you know? So, I mean, Instagram is an example for me. I mean, the one thing I don't like about Instagram, it's, uh, I call it like a, a gated digital community. Okay. In that it's a closed community. You have to download the app. You yeah. have to have people following you. It's not open, right? So I look at Twitter, the Twitter setup a little bit more open than Instagram. You know, even though Twitter isn't heavily about photo, it's open. You can go to a Twitter feed online and watch and follow things without having to be a member, right? Yeah. To follow that person. But I mean, Kimson knows we've been working on some things around that space in the tech side of photo. But you're talking a little bit about black Twitter. Yeah. I heard you talk about it briefly. And mm-hmm. and whenever I hear that term black Twitter, it it always throws me off a little bit. The reason why is that we're actually pretty good at populating and helping others monetize their platform, but it's rare that we actually populate and monetize our own platform. So, and I know a lot of people are very proud of the existence of black Twitter. It's like, yeah, but look at Twitter's board and see who looks like you on that board. And that'll tell you what you're doing for Twitter, right? And not that I'm against Twitter, but my mission and, and behind the whole ePhotos thing is I actually want to create a platform. So, and within that platform, it's a place that other people come use, use it their way, but it'll actually be our platform that we own, right? So that was, that, that was the thinking behind it. So yeah, you, now when you hear black Twitter, you're going to realize what I'm talking about. It's like, yeah, black Twitter, but nobody hmm. black owns Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's a little bit silly for y'all to be bragging about a black Twitter, right? It's like I like Nike, but wait a minute. Hey, wait know? a minute, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know like, wait, why do I like Nike? Damn, they got me. I'm right. doing it again, right? Right. So, so there is sometimes you have to think about who you're enriching in the process. And don't get me wrong, Twitter to me is a is a great platform, and it works quite well. But it would have been nice if someone like us actually created it. Mm would have been nice because we're using it as if it's ours but it's, yeah and it, we're using instagram like it's ours yeah it's actually not ours no <laughs> I mean, I, like, yeah just to, <laughs> just to speak on uh i was watching 60 minutes recently and they were talking about how everything that you put online is accessible um it's basically that the web has turned into an advertising agency and basically all the information that you forfeit on the web is used f- to sell stuff to you. Yes. So, and, and the, the big, uh, I guess the new advertising is the idea that you do own because it's so personal and you see your investment right away, meaning you post a photo, my photo's up, how many people like my photo? Yes. Then you get this immediate reaction and that currency actually is false currency because the real currency is that they own all that stuff <laughs> And they own all your particulars. They know everything where you're trying to go with stuff, you know, like what you like to buy, you know, what your middle name might be, and just all sorts of stuff that you may not think that they have access to. Well, I mean, just think about it, right? Twitter, right? My Twitter handle is twitter.com slash chimodu, but it's Twitter before my name. Right. Right? So a lot of people forget that. They think, yeah, my Twitter handle, I get a lot of these follows. Yeah, but they're in front of you. So, so there is something to be said about that. You got to be, you have to be aware of the fact that although a lot of these properties—Twitter, Facebook, Instagram—they're quite good. They're damn good. 
You know, they're not just quite good, and they work quite well, you know. But understand that you're enriching folks that aren't you mm-hmm. in the process, right? So use it and take it with a grain of salt in the end. And actually look for someone that looks like you that may be creating something that could be an alternative. Well, um, you just, perfect segue right there. I hear you have a new venture, ePhotos. Yeah, ePhotos. It's basically, um, it's a photo site. Okay. Right? Just the, 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 the simple version of it, right? Yep. It's a photo platform where you can actually show what you're doing to the world. Okay. So the idea was, you know, when people try to post photographs to um, Facebook and all these properties, you find that your Facebook profile is not really you. It's kind of a made-up profile in a way. The things you post there, that's consistent with who your brand is, right? Yeah. So when people try to post things to Facebook, they actually have to try to be witty. Mm-hmm. You know, before they put it up, right? So I wanted to create something that actually didn't require all that. It could just be real simple. Push it up. As a matter of fact, you don't have to write a caption. Just throw a few hashtags in the subject line and push your photo up. But the difference between what we're doing and what I said about Instagram, this whole idea of a of a gated digital community, right? We all know gated communities, mm-hmm. right? Like gated communities have always been a little weird to me. It's like it's we, like we usually get shot in those places. It's like what is that about? You know, right? So what what's a gated digital community? Well, that was AOL. Remember what happened to AOL? Like you had to log into AOL to enter this AOL world, right? That is actually a little bit of what Facebook is. It's just that they're so spread far and wide throughout the internet, it doesn't feel as like, gated as it is. You don't have to put in a disc for your sixty hours. That's, <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. But that's but, what saved you, Facebook. Yes, but in the end, it's still gated. <laughs> yeah. that when you're totally. in there, you know all your moves are tracked, right? Every step you take, who you follow, what you look at, it's all it's within this universe, right? And the same thing with with Instagram. You had to download the Instagram app to experience it. They recently created a little web version for Instagram where you can go to, but no one really goes there. Yeah. No. Right? It's like, if you go to Instagram.com, there's not really anything there. Yeah. I think that's where Twitter is actually special in that you can experience Twitter without downloading anything. Yeah. Without you know? even being on Twitter. Exactly. Yeah. You can go far. So that's that's what we had in mind with ePhotos allow you to go just kind of follow things around the world. So if we're getting a lot of pictures from Tokyo, let's say sneakers in Tokyo, you know, eventually be able to search it and see all the pictures of kicks in Tokyo from that day in real time, yep. you know, which could be 10,000 photographs. Yeah, sneakers right? in Tokyo, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> a little nuts, right? <laughs> Easily. So I, I think um, I think the, the beauty of photographs is that, to me, it's the most concise message. Right, like Twitter sh- shrunk everything down from micro from blogging to microblogging. Now you tweet, right? 140 mm-hmm. characters. Well, there's nothing more concise than a photograph. Pictures a thousand words. So as we continue to shrink down what we're doing, picture tells it to you instantly. So I think the photo is the ultimate concise message. So our goal with ePhotos is to be the place where we actually have all the world's messages, visual messages, right? One day. So we'll see. We'll nice. See. So the website is ephotos.com? ephotos.com. Nice. So, yeah, people can go, you know, we're still adding a lot of functionality daily and so like that, but you can go register, sign up, and push a photo up, and then you immediately get an account right away. Okay. Nice. All right. Well, ephotos.com, shout out to all the fan bros out there. Go ahead and check it out. And uh, we'll take another quick break, and we'll be right back here with more fan bros. Yo, this is Flickarachi. When I'm not pillaging for my people... I'm listening to Fan Bros, where the bros are fans. 
and welcome back to all the fan bros out there. It's your boy DJ Benjamin reintroducing himself as he loves to do and even talking in third person. Look how awesome that is. I uh, hope everybody is enjoying this show right now. Um, you had a quick, we we have our guest here tonight, Chimodu. Did I get it right you that time? You got it right. Yes. <laughs> Y'all don't know how I've been sitting here like, say it right, say it right. All right. Um, you were talking about e-photos, and when we were just during the break there, you mentioned that you registered in 1998. Yeah, I, I got I picked up the URL in 1998, and when I got it, I was surprised that Kodak and Fuji didn't have it. Yeah. You know, both but of them. Nobody you know? was thinking then, like... Well, because the, the thing that back then, a lot of these brands were still focused on their brand, right? Mm-hmm. So Kodak wasn't thinking that you buy Kodak at Walmart. Yep. They thought that their brand was the most important thing. Mm. But I knew that the way the internet was going, it was a space that mattered. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to have a position in the photo space. And that's what made me buy a photo-based URL, right? I, did, I didn't create chimodu.com for, for other people to go to, right? I said, no, e-photos. Something that actually speaks to the photo categories. I knew the photo category is big. And this was even before camera phones. First camera phone was 1998. Yeah. Right, so remember, right? Yeah. So I was thinking this way even before camera phones were out. I mean, my first digital camera, I think I bought it in maybe 2000 or 99 or so, cost me about $1,000, and it was a one megapixel <laughs> digital camera, right? One <laughs> megapixel digital camera. cost me a grand. Canon? No, there was, there was Nikon. It cost me a grand, right? So think about it. Like your, your camera phone now has probably a 10 megapixel camera yeah. on it, right? So so that was in the early stages of this whole thing. So what's happened to me is that the world has actually started to catch up with where I was. Nice. You know? So now everybody like we're in the room right now, there are four cameras in this room. Right. And at least on, on four at least on four telephones, right? So that didn't used to be the case. So now like the world is kinda caught up to me. So I'm ready to rock now. Nice. All right, well, um, you've shot, I mean, looking at your website, your portfolio, like I said, I know you from the Source days. You know, I grew up reading all the Source, seeing your images everywhere, all the album covers. But then you've shot things that just go so far beyond just hip-hop. You've been all over the world shooting and whatnot. What inspires you when it's not a Biggie or not a Tupac? I mean, there's always one consistent line that runs through all my photographs. In the end, if you look at them, you put them all together, you'll see the same line that runs through them, right? Like even my my hip-hop stuff, why I don't really shoot a lot of hip-hop today, it's not because I'm against what's happening today. It's just not as interesting to me visually, right? So, so, and I'm not, I'm not one of these guys that are like, oh, things were so much better when I was doing it. Like, I don't believe in that either. It's just that the times that I covered hip-hop, it was still raw, somewhat revolutionary, Right. So it was fun to do it. It was exciting to do it. Right. Now it's pretty heavily stylized. You know, like there's an advanced team that comes before the subject even comes. Right. And back when I'm shooting, I go to Biggie's bedroom and wake him up. Like, big, let's go do this shoot. I'd say, hey, Faith, walk right by her. Go down. Wake big up. Let's go. Right, so you can do that. Yeah, today. y'all didn't y'all didn't hear him. He just said he walked into Biggie's house, said, "Hey, Faith," and woke Biggie up and said, "Let's go do a photo shoot." Yeah, I mean, in fact, they met at my photo shoot. They met in the Big Mac photo shoot that we did oh, yeah. at a Burger King. You shot the Big Mac campaign. I was yeah, I shot that. Wow. So with Craig, Puffy, and Biggie, that's when him and Faith met. That was my photo shoot, and I know they redid it in the movie, the movie Notorious, yep. but they did it in the photo studio. Yeah, wrong. 
<laughs> and I, I know you I know you said that it was made out to be a McDonald's, but I was looking at the photo today and you can see the Burger, Burger King, King exactly. in the background. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it, was, it was a Burger King right near 42nd Street. You Puffy know? wasn't cursing and screaming over that? Puffy didn't know. He was just, you know. He was just trying to get it out there. Yeah, right? he was happy. He was happy uh, to be here right happy. now. He's like, bad boy, what? <laughs> so, take that, take that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So he was happy, but, but that was my shoot. So that was the end. Of, as a matter of fact, I remember one time, Biggie, I had, there was this clothing company called Traffic, and they were going to run an ad in the source, right? So they asked me to shoot the ad. So Biggie was going to be my model. For this, <laughs> you, you think I'm lying. So Biggie came and he showed up, in, it was in the fashion district, he showed up to the office where we're going to do it. Met, but the place wasn't ready, the gear wasn't ready. So Biggie was waiting in the lobby. I was like, oh, Big, I'm sorry, they don't have their thing together. He's like, damn. He's like, I got to go on the road. I was like, I was like, all right. Well, maybe we'll do it another time. He's like, all right. Well, Chi, anytime, just let me know. And so when we had to do the shoot the next day, Big was already on the road. So I got Tyson Beckford to stand in for Biggie. So imagine that, right? In two phone calls, I got Biggie first, and Biggie came to the location to do the photo shoot with me for this clothing company. It didn't work out, and I called Tyson, and Tyson showed up. So, so and those ads were in the source. It ran in the source, and and you'll see the ad because it actually has Tyson in it with two other guys were on the bridge in Central Park. Now that you say it had Tyson, and I seem to remember that because I, I definitely remember Biggie doing a traffic. No, ad. no, yeah. yeah, it was Tyson, you know. So, but it was Biggie first. Wow. And then and then Tyson ended up being Biggie stand-in, and then he became Mr. Polo, Mr. All World. After so was that. this the first time that this wasn't the first time that Tyson was in the source though, was it? Um, I did I did Tyson's first photo, photo shoot in the shoot source. In the source, I did that one, you know, and it was um with Nabuche Wright and a couple other yep. people. We did it on the rooftop of um, there's a club on the west side and in, in the meatpacking district. Mars? No, not Mars. It was um. Not the tunnel? Mecca? No, no, no I no. forgot the <laughs> name of it. It was one of those, but we did on the roof of that of that spot. Now that was Tyson's first photo shoot, and he's he remembers, he knows when he sees me. Like that's the beauty of photography, is that when you catch people early in their career, they always have a respect for you, you know. So whatever all the noise, all the lights, camera action, when he sees me, he has to be like respect. I'm so like, that, like well. Tyson, I, I think I had that story right. Tyson started in the source. That was yeah, like yeah. that was his first my photo shoot. Wow. My photo shoot. All right. Once again, fan bros, y'all just heard him say that. <laughs> this man started Tyson Beck We need first. Like, like sound drops, like exclusive. Yeah. Fan bros, exclusive. <laughs> started Tyson Bedford's career. That's insane. Um, But speaking of Biggie, man, it's been 17 years now. You know, that. Word RIP. Yeah. Just passed March 9th the other day. Um, how do you feel? Seven. I mean, I know you knew Biggie since before everything. Like before he even had a deal, way you know when he was demo tape days with Mr. C. So how do you feel now, seventeen years removed from it? Well, I mean, I'll be real honest with y'all. When I see people on Facebook, and I see history getting rewritten a little bit, it always makes me laugh sometimes, you know, because I see people that claim certain folks, and I never really saw them together. Ah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, and he's not here to contest it, yeah. right? So you'll see, and even on my Facebook, whatever I'm using, like, I don't really talk about my relationships with folks that much. What I'll do is I'll put up a photo. 
You know, <laughs> personal photo. <laughs> no, y'all, y'all, people with with the Facebook game photo. There's nobody has photo Facebook game like Chi, yo. Yeah, he's got his own personal collection. His throwback Thursday he's, is banking he's on you, <laughs> ishing on all of you cats out there. Yeah, his personal so, collection is ridiculous. Well, because the beauty of a photograph, it's like no matter what, the fact that you're looking at that photograph, it meant that I was in the room. Period. Right, you can't contest that, right? So everyone can say, "Yeah, we saw him and I hung out here, hung out there." It's like, well, show me the evidence, mm. you know. So when I put the photo up, like we were there together, right? So Big was always, always a real down to earth cat, and and always very loyal, very loyal. And so was Tupac, you know. And you don't hear that a lot from an East Coast cat, yeah. you know. That kind of like, in some ways we're we're taught to pick a side, but I'll, I'll be real frank with you, both of them always treated me like family every time I saw them equally you know so and a lot of people don't know that and I think for for New York folks they want to dislike Pac even though they love him you know West Coast cast wants to dislike Biggie even though they love him right yeah but I'm sort of the, the the bridge in the middle since I got along with both of them right and so it's funny I never shot anything for bad boy but I shot a number of albums for Death Row, mm. right? I did Doggy Style. Yep. I did Nate Dogg's album. So, so isn't that weird? Like, so Suge and them would hire me from New York to go out there and shoot their stuff, right? And Biggie, who's family to me and one of my people, I never did anything for Bad Boy. But what I did do was a Junior Mafia album. Because Big was the executive producer of that. Huh. So when Big came up, <laughs> Big was like, Chi, you're going to shoot this album. Right, right, you know right, what I mean? Right, right. When he had the juice to do that. Right. So I shot, so I have Little Kim as Little Kim. Yep. Not the Little Kim you see today, right? I was oh. just a young girl, you know, who was just trying to come up in all of them. So that was that was Big that was, you know, was Big's doing back in the day. So. Yo, Little Kim looks like Joan Rivers. Ah, uh, easy. <laughs> I mean, that's yo, everybody's got know, their own path in life. Ben. Hey, I mean, man. Yeah, know. it's it's you know because you know in the end it, it's it's hard for everybody. Like let, let's be honest, right? But but I remember I remember all of them when they were coming up. The beauty of being a photographer is that you see people going up, you see them coming down. You like you see both sides of the whole thing. You see them when they're young. You see them when they and get you old. Got them, and you've got <laughs> them when they're young. So you like you've got the evidence. Like you've got no Brown, Michael Jackson, and later Michael exactly. Jackson. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And you see it all. So that that is kind of a nice gift because in the end, you can't really question my credibility. I was there, right? You know, right? So in the end, like I'm actually a part of this, right? So sometimes more a part of it than the people that are questioning it. Wow, and that's kind of cool. Fired. <laughs> I, I, I had a quick question though, like when you're talking about East Coast, West Coast, and all this, and you know, all the hip hop sites always talk about this or interviews you hear about this. What was your take on what was going down at that time? Because it was, it, it seemed like it was a really tense year between like '96, '97. You know, it, it was tense. I mean, but I, I'll be honest with you, I never really believe. I believe 10 percent of what I hear, and 50 percent of what I see. You know, like, let, let's be honest. Like, a lot of people is talking about this thing being East Coast, West Coast. That's what got these two killed. I mean, I, I, I never really bought that, you know, and, and not that I'm talking conspiracy theory or anything like that. But what if I am? So what? <laughs> you know, but, but in the end, I think that, that, you know, a lot of these guys, like, they had a lot of power, you know, and power is scary to a lot of folks, right? So, I mean, they, they could move a room 
move an arena and then eventually move a nation, right? So, so my feeling was it was heading that way, you know? And of course, I mean, you know, when people are young, they're reckless, right? So, I mean, look at rock and roll cats when they're young. Like, they're just as reckless, if not more, right? Way so, more. Way more. So, I mean, the hip-hop guys, you know, yeah, a little gun violence here and there, but they would have grown out of that if they had a chance to grow out of it, right? I mean, look at Snoop now. It's almost comical. When I, when I first saw Snoop in a commercial with Lee Iacocca, I, my jaw dropped. I was like, holy cow. <laughs> is this what's going on here, right? Because I knew Cat when he had two 380s everywhere he went. You know, I've been with him in enough situations. You know, all I had was a camera. <laughs> Everybody was armed, right? So, so I had a camera, right? But I was in those situations, so I knew where that guy came from. And when I see him now, it's like Mr. Dad on Bravo, and I'm like, wow. And it makes me happy because that's actually the natural progression, you know, if you're allowed to see it, right? So, so sometimes what you see with these other guys, they didn't actually get a chance to grow up all the way. They got snuffed early. So you could only imagine what they could have been. But I don't, I, I never for a minute think that what happened to them was some old internal feud. Never for a minute did I think that. Mm-hmm. You know, even the minute it happened, I was like, nah, mm-hmm. that's not, there's some other. And notice, right? Look at all the unsolved. Wow. <laughs> right? Nobody knows, right? All <laughs> Vegas, Vegas Strip and nobody knows. <laughs> Vegas Strip. It's all the right. <laughs> and, and Jam Master J and Big and Pac. It's like, wait a minute here. What's going on? But, but with that said, I think that, you know, the legacies are pretty powerful. And, you know, even, even Sunday, you know, Sunday was the anniversary of Big's death, March 9th. Yep. Right? So... I mean, you see everybody on Facebook, like it's going, like people are still, it's almost like it was yesterday. And that's the, that's what's so crazy is it's a generation later, you know, it's, it's like, crazy. I mean, the 17 years, you know, these were people who were babies are now adults basically and are still, you it's know, crazy, it's still man. Biggie. It's still, and they're like, and like Biggie till they die. Yeah. You yeah. know, and I'm watching this, I'm like, wow. This, uh, and you know, Big, you know, I didn't, again, I didn't shoot his albums. But each one of his two albums, if you open up the liner notes, there's a shout out to me. Yeah. In both of them. You know, I mean, you got shots of him that are, you know, you had the Twin Towers Biggie shot, which is. That's a pretty that's a pretty special shot. Only only because of what's going on. And the idea was to show Big as the king of New York. Yep. Right. Because he's the only person that actually referenced the towers in a lyric. Right. Mm-hmm. Blow up like the world trade. So I was like, all right, well, you're the king of New York. Let's go. It's crazy, right? He, he said blow up like yeah, the world trade. Yeah. And then and then look what happened, yeah. right? But it was nice. And that picture, if you see that picture, it's actually shot in Jersey City. Shout out to Jersey. Mm-hmm. Being a Jersey dude. Yep. Right? So we shot it in Liberty State Park because you can tell by where the antennas are. So the towers, when the antenna's on the left, you're on Jersey side. If it's on the right, you're on the Brooklyn side, right? So we, we, we got him. It took like two or three days to finally get him to show up. Because that was when I went into his bedroom. It's like, Big, come on, let's go do the shoot, you know? And Big's like, gee, I'm tired. I've been on the road. I'm tired. I was like, come on, man. I looked at him. I was like, you know what? And I had a location vehicle, everything outside. I was like, you know what? It's all right. We'll cancel, you know? Because I knew. I could look in someone's face like, you know what? You need a break. And I knew no matter how much trouble I would have gotten in from the magazine, I was like, whatever. We're not doing it today. We'll reroute. You know, and I postponed it once. And the other time it got canceled. And the third time we finally did it. Nice. And so, and it was funny because that day when I finally got him to come out to Jersey City where we did it with location vehicle, I had already booked for a flight out of L.A. that night. 
So I had to go shoot some stuff for Death Row. So we knocked out the shoot, you know. I was like, all right, big, I'll see you. It was hilarious because sometimes you get a car service, they'll send you a limousine. So, they sent a, <laughs> so I had a limousine that picked me up from the shoot, right? Put my equipment in there. So I'm leaving big in them in like Starting. a white stretch limousine <laughs> to go to Newark Airport <laughs> to, go, to go catch my flight, you know. So, and that was that, you know. So but that's how it goes, though, you know. Crazy. So now, I mean, all these years later, what drives you now? I mean, what keeps the creative energy going? What makes you want to still take shots? Like you say, you're not as much into hip-hop anymore because it became too, you know, stylized and, you know, corporate. So I mean, my my mission is always in search of the moment. That's it. Like, till the day I die, right? So, and sometimes I capture it, sometimes I don't. But I want to be around so I can. So, I mean, moments happen, it happens on a subway train. It happens constantly, right? Like, with the hip-hop thing, they're, they're, um, they're not quite random moments now. They're more planned and scheduled, right? So, yeah. I mean, and that's what happens to art forms over time. So, and that's okay. I get it, you know? But for me, there's nothing like, like, catching that moment when it hits, when the smile is at its peak, you know, when the eyes aren't at half mast, they're fully open. Like that's that's the challenge all the time. You know, so so and you never really achieve perfection. So it's kind of easy to keep on trying to capture the moment over and over again. So yeah, I travel all over the world, as you see, right? I go, I go to every corner of the world, and again unarmed, the same way I've been in every hood in this country unarmed, but I've always come home safe. You know, because I mean the rules are the same. Doesn't really matter where you go. If you respect people, they'll they'll let you go home safe. In fact, they'll invite you in and, and you escort you yeah. home safely. You know what I mean? It's like same thing. And I go from the south of Yemen, you know, to Indonesia, to Brownsville. You know, so it's not it's same rules across the board. Respect them, they'll respect you. All right, let's take a quick break right here and we'll be right back with more fan bro. This is AEG, the coroner, East New York, Brooklyn's finest outdoorsman here listening to the Fan Bros show with uh, DJ Ben Hameen and Tatiana King. You know, what else can I say, man? I mean, you know, you can they tell the fans it. who you are, you know, one more time, let them know. All right. This is AEG, the coroner, outdoorsman's <laughs> finest, East New York, Brooklyn, in effect. And when I'm... Just chilling, watching Breaking Bad with my feet up, man. I'm listening to the Fan Bro Show with DJ Ben Amin and Tatiana King. All and right. You should, too. And welcome back, Fan Bros. I hope you've been enjoying this interview as much as I have. So many, you know, revealing moments, classic pieces of hip-hop right here with this man. She is bringing it to us. You know, all kind of knowledge about the photography game that you're getting. You're getting it all, but now it's time for the rap segment of the show, our rapid-fire interview questions. Are you ready, sir? You're in the hot seat. I'm ready. Let's do it. All righty, then. Everybody says they're ready before it starts. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) War Machine or Falcon? War Machine. Mm, Why? I mean, think about it. War machine. Going with the guns. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right? I mean, you don't like the little the wings <laughs> from the, the waist to the uh, oh, my daughter my daughter's nickname is Warrior Princess. Okay. Okay. All right. okay. Right. So, oh, yeah. so War Machine. All right. She's four years old. Nice. Well probably the answer to this one probably pretty simple then. Black Panther or Luke Cage? Well, 
Okay. <laughs> It'll be Black Panther. All right. Oh, right. That's two in a row. Man. Yeah, that's two in a row. Because usually we get a lot of people who can't relate to the African king. Yeah, and I feel so, like, I just want to hang my head every time I hear that. You know, I understand it, but I just want to be like, come on, man. Let's do better. All right. Uh, Star Wars or Star Trek? Hmm. Well, my generation started with Star Trek and was introduced to Star Wars. My 13th birthday party was Star Wars. Mm. Went to a movie when I was 13. <laughs> Think about that, right? Wow. Am I dating myself? <laughs> that was my first birthday party, movie party that we went to. Hey, that's a cla- that was your first birthday first party? First birthday party, oh, movie I mean, party. Set it off, Star right? Wars. So, so I... I grew up with that, so I'd probably have to say Star Wars, although I know damn near every single Star Trek episode. The original the original series? Oh, yeah, original. Yeah, Come original. On. Gene Roddenberry, the whole thing. Okay. Uh, okay. No, 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 <laughs> that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I know it all, you know? You meant the original? Did you mean this other oh, no, no, Oswald I mean, stuff? No, no, whatever, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Oh, no, original. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm original. You know, some people might even say, you know, The Phantom Menace is their favorite Star Wars movie for some reason, you know? Okay, I, they don't know. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's somebody out there. Yeah, yeah. Somebody no, 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 might no, no, say you're that. Right, you're right, you know. You know? No, it would be original <laughs> original Star Trek and and Star Wars 1. Okay. All or, right. or that would be Star Wars 3? No, be four. That be Star Wars four, which is Star Wars one. Right. Yeah. There you go. You know, when I was a kid, that used to be so big to me. That's episode four. And now I'm just like, man, who <laughs> it's cares? Because right all the here. other, they all stink. So <laughs> you know, um, being a Jersey boy, hardcore. Yep. Red man or Tretch? Ooh, wow. Ooh. Lyrically or or everything. Hey man, whole full package. Ooh, that's a tough Pause. one. Um, um, I, I would think that um, Redman and I were always pretty close. I always, you know, I did Redman's unsigned hype photo. Right, so so I, I always, I, <laughs> right, like I before Redman was signed, like I appreciated Redman, wow. you know. Now, now, but Tretch was always a very loyal dude, you know. Like Tretch is a good dude, you know. So, so. You're saying that Redman's not a good dude? Or? <laughs> no, 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 not at all. It's a that's a tough one because they're both Jersey cats. So, so I would say Redman. I would say Redman. No, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I love Tretch too, but come on, man, it's Redman. R- yeah, Redman is is a special cat. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know oh weirdo red man. Oh, He's a special dude, man. Yeah, is he? <laughs> yeah, is he? he is. He is. All right. Well, a little bit more difficult then. Biggie or Tupac? Uh, well, no, I live in Jersey. I'm from the East Coast. Ah. You know. <laughs> so, but um, musically or, or personally. Because that's a that, that. I mean, see, since you know them both, that's both very of, well. Yeah, that's yeah. Kind I of can't. A, I mean, yeah, both so, very so well. So let's just say musically. Yeah. Um, um, or, or, or do you want to know personally? I was gonna no. I was gonna say, man, I'll let you pass on this. Yeah, because like, they were both close to me. Okay. Yeah, I would kind of give you a pass on this, and I yeah. let you do the jersey, the the red man. I, I I'll weigh in, Ben Hamid, if you allow okay. me to. Go ahead. That he he should get a pass on this one because right. I think he was there at the genesis of both, and it's yeah. kind of hard to. To, to claim and and people want you to claim one or the other almost to show some allegiance to to your hood yeah that's but strange yeah, I, I, yeah in your case a little, it's little not, weird i'm kind of yeah. hoodless yeah. you know right. i mean my hood is every hood right, right so right, right. so they're they're both they're my people all right uh martin or the cosby show 
Couldn't stand the Cosby Show. Wow. <laughs> what? Couldn't stand the Cosby Show. Why? I, I watched it because I had to. Why? But in retrospect, it was nonsense, man. Damn. Pay to that mess. You man. should ask that at the oh. beginning of the interview. Because oh. <laughs> I'm dying. Yeah. This is a whole show right here. <laughs> yeah. Why? Why? Well, well, uh, here you go. Ask me another one. Jordan or LeBron? Okay. <laughs> LeBron, hands down. Oh, man, we gotta have you back. Now, now we're not, <laughs> wait, wait. Now, 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 now that that position isn't just a basketball position; it's a character position. Oh, because Jordan owns uh, prisons, or or actually invests money in privatized prison folks. And <laughs> wow. in case you didn't know that, <laughs> wow, Michael Jordan invests a lot of his millions in privatized prisons, where there's one in three black men. Listen, right now, fan bros, Ben Hameen knows <laughs> wow. many things. Yeah. <laughs> It, there's it, it, one it. thing I know it's about prison so yeah um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um wow yeah. so, so, so you get me you get so me. wow so can't stand Cosby show alright let's let's just so be- but you're gonna go with Martin over the Cosby show <laughs> yeah, hold well, on now it, it's not a good default you know what I mean but but Martin's a little silly too right but a little it, but, but I'm taking a position I'm taking a position here on the Cosby I feel, show I feel that's but, all so it you is. can imagine the Black Panther but you can't imagine the Cosby show I can't really. Yeah, damn, Cosby's I, not the Black King to you. I, I can't rock with Bill Cosby. <laughs> wow, I can't. Bill, Bill Cosby to me is a little silly. Okay, you know, uh-huh. enough respect to the my elder. Yeah, you know I do respect my elders, but when they're silly, I call them out. You would tell them to go have a coke and a smile, and as Eddie Murphy, yeah, eat some Jello or something. <laughs> get out of here, man. <laughs> go get your chocolate pudding, man. <laughs> get out my face. <laughs> Whoa! All right, there goes our Bill Cosby guest appearance. Um, <laughs> he, he, he won't have an issue with you. He'll have an issue with me. Uh, he'll have and an issue and with I, me I don't too. mind it. Yeah, he'll mind definitely it. have an issue with me. But it's EDD, right? He's a he's a EDD. Uh, Were you talking about his degree? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's yeah, on the yeah, back yeah. of the shows, man. Oh, yeah, All the yeah, yeah. EDD, oh, and, he's, he's and, and from what I hear, a, a, a bit of a you know moving hands, yeah, as well. I've heard yeah. that too. Whoa, shots fired! <laughs> <laughs> I I had an answer to that, but I'd like to you know one day perhaps. Yeah. Um, so moving on, <laughs> what's your favorite comic book? Oh man, comic book or or series run. Um, I kind of like the Avengers. You know, I, I used to get a kick out of them. Um, Spider Man's pretty cool. You know, in the end, I'm not a Superman fan. No, I, yeah, DC. You know how DC is. Yeah. DC is. Eh. I mean, they're they're a close they have second. Moments. But they have moments. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But but I I, I sort of I like like Torch and and that stuff Stretch and okay. all, all that. Did like, you hear that, the new uh, Human Torch is going to be uh, Michael B. Jordan? Okay, I'll take that. Uh, the black dude from Fruvel Station. I'll take that. I'll yeah. take that. Yeah. I'll take that. A lot of the internet is not taking that very well. Well, because, you know, the internet internet ain't feeling anything outside of how they were programmed. Yeah, this so is true. So if you challenge how they were programmed, they're like, no, what do you mean Annie's black? Oh, oh yeah. No. Oh, wow. Annie's yeah. black. Yeah. Good God. It that, couldn't happen. That's a whole other can of worms. Sweet Annie <laughs> is black. Uh, what about your favorite television series? Right now, or just all together? All time, man. This is the this rapid fire round is like the slow round. <laughs> it's, it's turned into not so rapid fire round. You, you know, it's funny uh, because I don't really watch that much television. Okay, and that's the truth. Yep. You know, I mean, it's funny. Look at have to think about it. 
Yeah, and you a, a TV series, didn't right? Like the Cosby Show, so yeah, and people watch television like crazy. Oh. Let me pass on that. Man. All right, wow, man. hey, you know, favorite Fambro fam first, right there. Favorite genre film can be any fantasy, sci-fi, thriller. Um, I kind of like action adventure. Okay, you know, a little childish, but it's all right. So, what's your favorite film then? Um, lately, I've been I've sort of liked the Bourne stuff. It's it's not bad. You know the Jason Bourne, so a little, <laughs> a little silly, but I gave know, him a bit of a strange look there. It's, it's, but it's it's not it's not bad, you little, know what I mean? Little yeah. spy thriller. You like the thrillers? Yeah, I mean, and I, I won't I won't say Bond, and the reason why is that you know Bond is, is so traditional, and it's so white. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like wow. I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, we could save our Bond discussion for another time. But I'm a Bond fan. Wow. I am. I am too. I'm a really Bond. But, fan. but you know what it is? I I thought that could Bond, could James Bond ever be like Elba? Would they ever? I wanted that. Sure. Like, it, it, I it, think they'll do that. Because that would make sense if it jumped around like that. Then okay, Bond would be the universal man. Mm. But right now, Bond is this package with this accent, and and that's the baddest guy on earth. That's the baddest guy on earth. Yeah, I mean, I feel you. I feel you. You know. Um, now that now this thing has started lately with me on questioning that as a kid, you know, live and let die. Right. Uh, like you were <laughs> loving all that shit, man. Oh, you were like, you know, gold man with the golden gun. Like it's like that was Goldfinger. It's like that's what we grew up with. Right. But then as you get older, you're like, wait a minute. Right. Am I getting programmed here? Right. Like, why? So so that's when you start to question some of these things later, you know? If you could have any one superpower, what would it be? Um, Fly. Ability to fly. Nice. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Ability to fly. Bird's eye view. Save a lot of money on those plane tickets and you're out taking <laughs> yeah. pictures too. Ability, <laughs> right? Ability to fly. Now, Flash is kind of special. Yeah. Flash is special. Yeah. Flash can get around the world quickly. Yeah, quicker than a lot of people flying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Flash is flash. You know, special. they're they're coming out with a new TV series of Flash. They've been leaking photos of his new costume and all this stuff. Have they? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's gonna be on the CW actually. Okay. okay. I'm just I'm just being a fan, bro, and letting oh, you right know. On, <laughs> right on. Right <laughs> on. Really, my particular forte. The Flash is not my favorite guy, but uh, I, I like it. the Flash. You brought him up, so. Yeah. But something cool about the zip, zip, zip. <laughs> you know, right? Right? He's, he's over there. He's did, over here. Did you know that he could actually go through walls because he can, like, kind of, yes, like, he can yes. vibrate yep. his molecules so he yep. can go through walls? I thought that was tight when I was a kid. <laughs> that, was, that was Kim Simpson. They're like, that is tight that right, is there. Tight right there. Yeah. It's going right through the wall. Kim I don't know if he mentioned that we work on some other animation stuff on the side that we're going to introduce at some point. At some point. At some point. Oh, so, so we can't let the, the we, fan bros know not about ready that right yet. now? Not, not, not ready, ready yet. yet. We, have, we have some other stuff stuff that we're, we've been talking about because so, Kimson's no joke with the animation. Oh, yeah. I mean, the fan bros know that. No this is Space Ghost producer, animation <laughs> expert of our show. Yep. Well, that's the end of the brat round, man, and that's pretty much it for this interview and this sit-down with you. Do you have anything else you wanted to shout out, you know, let people know where they can find you at, any of that good stuff? Well, my, my, my Twitter's at Chimodu. My Instagram's at Chimodu. My Facebook's at Chimodu. My Gmail's at, at Chimodu. Chimo Everything is at <laughs> Chimodu. So I'm, I'm pretty easy to find. Nice. You know, right? You Google me. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty easy to find. Any yeah. upcoming projects you wanted to you know, plug or let them know about? Well, I have a, a real big exhibition in Finland this summer. So it's going to be at the Pori Art Museum. It'll be up for about three months. 
So I'm locking down the town of Pori, Finland for about three months. Wow. Probably the biggest show I've ever done. Wow. Solo show. Solo show. Yeah, it's going to be. Congratulations about, on that. Yeah, it's 8,000 square feet museum, you know, and it's connected with the jazz festival they do there. So that'll be exciting. Nice. So I'm going to we rock Europe for the summer. So, you know, any fan bros out there in Finland, you know, check them out. And I wanted to shout out, I'm mad because I saw it on your site, but I didn't realize you had this um, show in the streets of New York City oh, yeah. last fall. Oh, yeah, Uncategorized. Yeah, man. Uncategorized.com. Check it out. It's a, It was a um, kind of a public art display mm-hmm. where I, I took billboards around the city. And my, my thinking was, all right, well, let's bypass the middleman. Let's bypass the editor, the curator. Let's go right to the people. And when you see a billboard, it's tough to look away, right? So I, I had five billboards from about August through January, and it was it was it was strong. It was strong. It, a, it, like when you look on the website, you can see everyone that he has them all there. And I live in New York City, as everyone knows, and I missed all of this, and I'm really distrusted that I did. It's because, okay. It's we'll, we'll come back again, but please I mean, do. there's nothing like seeing your photograph 25 feet wide by 16 feet tall on Sixth Avenue. You had the Biggie joint blown up and the I, Method Man joint. I hadn't joint. blown up in the city. So that was, and for a lot of a lot of artists, I mean, a lot of photographers and fans, like they were like, yo, how'd you get that done? Yo, you're leading the way again. I said, well, you know, <laughs> it's a, that's how you do it. You nice know little I mean? assist pass to myself right there. <laughs> yeah, that's how you do it, you know? And, it, and, and like, it's funny, now while they're trying to get billboards, I'm trying to get a blimp over the World mm. Cup. So there Whoa. you go. So, mm. so, so go ahead, like go ahead and try to catch me there. I'm already off and gone yeah, to the next thing, you know. <laughs> so, and to me, that's the fun part of it. Well, thank you very much for joining us tonight, sir. This has been an amazing interview. All the fan bros, we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back to wrap up this episode of Fan Bros. Yo, 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 what up? It's your boy Don Will, and when I'm not stealing my TV shows off of BitTorrent or stealing cable, I'm hanging out with the fan bros, as you should too. And welcome back, fan bros. I hope that break wasn't too long. <laughs> Why you gotta steal my call, man? I'm though. imitating <laughs> DJ Ben Hameen. He's tired of reintroducing himself. <laughs> So I'll reintroduce him but for you. But you didn't even do my um, accent or whatever. You know, you didn't do your real Ben Hameen. It's I mean, your it, boy, DJ Ben Hameen, the butcher of names. But uh, actually, <laughs> I just want to really uh, shout out Chimo Du for coming in and blessing us with his history, but also his forward thinking. That was such a dope interview. Yes. Um, shout out to Don Will, who's on tour. Shout out to Tatiana, who's in South by Southwest, keeping black Twitter popping. Um, hopefully she'll be back next week to let us know how it went. Um, couple of things, fan bros. Um, we have a couple of giveaways coming up soon. Um, we have new articles on fanbros.com. Check out our special delivery on the finale of True Detective. Me and Ben Hamin go at it. And uh, what I else, got man? to I got to peep resurrection. Uh, we didn't get to talk about it on special delivery, but I got to peep resurrection. It also debuted very high. Big numbers. We're going to be doing resurrection next week. Pretty good show, fan bros. Check it out. Now that uh, True Detectives over, we're going to be switching to Walking Dead and Resurrection. A couple of shout outs to a couple of other shows. Helix is out there. Uh, the new Flash is is going to be coming up soon. I think maybe later this year or early next year. 
A lot going on in the film and TV universe, but we will address that later. Anyway, I've got a quick question for all the fan bros out there. Since uh, Titanfall just dropped a suite for Xbox One. With the dopest commercial on YouTube. Yes. Ever. And and I really just want to know what games people are playing out there. Uh, A lot of people have been talking about this game, Dark Souls 2, which looks impossible, so I'm not going to get it. I want to get an Xbox One soon so I can get myself on Titanfall. And I just wanted to know what games y'all are playing out there right now. Let us know in the comments. Hit me on Twitter at DJ Ben I mean, You can hit Kimsonian at Kimsonian. Of course, Tatiana King at Tatiana King. Don Will at Don Will as it goes. Uh, also, Fan Woes, our advice segment. Um, hit us up at advice at fanbros.com. Um, we've been waiting on some more input from you guys. Anything you guys want to ask us. We're ready to answer all your questions. Any questions that you have for the fan bros, let us know about them, you know, and we'll get right to them. Once again, thank you for listening to yet another episode of Fan Bros Show. We hope you enjoyed it as much as I did, as we did, and peace out from the Fan Bros. Fan Bros.